today, I'm going to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 17. 1 Kings, chapter 17. How many is ready for the word of the Lord? Amen. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Kings 17 and verse number 8, today, the Bible says that the word of the Lord came unto him, him being Elijah, saying, Arise and get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. For behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And so he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of that city, behold, a widow woman was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, if you could, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. Can you say amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the spirit that we feel in this house. God, you are so rich and so real in this place today. And I'm asking that you would open up our hearts and that you would open up our understanding today to receive your word. God, let my heart be fertile ground today that your word might take root. I pray, God, that you would do what only you can do. And it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And somebody said amen. Amen. As you're being seated, why don't you give another hand clap of praise to the Lord. God bless you today. If you've been coming to church or serving the Lord for that matter for any length of time, chances are you have heard this little story. This Old Testament account is not new. It, it's been preached about. It's been taught about, it's been expounded upon more times than I can really count. It's familiar, it's a story about faith amidst struggle. It's a story about obedience in adverse circumstances. It's a story about trusting God for a lot when all you have is a little, right? It's a story that, that seems to fly in the face of what you and I would call fair. Sometimes we get stuck on what's fair, right? And that, uh, we get so stuck on what we think is fair that we often miss the miracle because miracles don't often come from fair situations. On the one side of this story, we have a woman who needs a miracle. On the other side, we have a prophet who's just trying to obey God and obey the leading of the Lord. And yet, the narrative isn't just about one of them. It's really about both of them. Yeah, it's true. 
See, whether or not you see this account through the eyes of the struggling widow who needs a miracle or you see it through the eyes of the man of God who needs to be sustained, either way, you're right. I would submit to you today that God did not bring these two together just for the benefit of one of them. He brought them together for the benefit of both of them. And when we see these two paths cross in Scripture, we think that we know whom is supposed to benefit from whom. We think that we know who is supposed to minister to whom. And yet, if we're not careful, we can miss the bigger picture. Let me just, let me just pause here today and say this. Sometimes the people that you thought were sent to minister to you might be the very ones that you're supposed to be ministering to. Because Elijah, this isn't all just about you getting a meal. And widow, this isn't just about you getting bailed out of your desperate situation. No, there's a bigger picture here. There's a divine plan at work that both of them are a part of. Now Elijah, as you know, was a prophet of God. He was the prophet used to communicate to King Ahab that it wasn't going to rain for a period of about three years. There was going to be a drought in the land. And of course, as you know, with the drought also comes famine. It also comes famine. God had hidden Elijah in a mountain where, he, where there was a brook there that he could drink from and where ravens would bring him meat and bread to eat. God had sustained the prophet for a time, and yet when the drought came, when the drought moved in, the water supply dried up, the food supply stopped coming, and so God began to move Elijah and told him that there was a widow woman in Zarephath that could sustain him. Now, this was probably a little strange for Elijah because typically widows don't have a whole lot, right? I mean, we know in Scripture of widows, they only give a couple of mites in the offering plate. We know that, that widows are, are typically not well off. They're not well to do per se. And so this is probably a strange thing for Elijah. But I imagine that it crossed his mind that, well, if God is sending me to her, she must have been a woman of means. She must be somebody that can really take care of me. She must have some wealth. She must have some substance because God is sending me to her so she can take care of me. She's got to have her affairs in order, certainly. She must be doing all right. I can hear him say, it's going to be good. We're going to have meatloaf Mondays. We're going to have taco Tuesdays. Yeah. We're going to have lasagna on Thursday night. Woo! Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. When he arrives in Zarephath, just as the Lord said, he finds said widow woman. She's gathering sticks to build a fire. Now God had told Elijah that this widow was going to sustain him. She's going to take care of him. The problem is she wasn't aware of that. That's a problem. She's not aware. He knows what God said. Apparently she doesn't. It appears. Forgot to tell the widow. He, the widow didn't get the memo. Right? She, she didn't get that. And she has no idea that the God of glory has been talking to a prophet about her. Mm. 
Her main goal in life in this moment was to build one last fire. One last fire for one loaf of bread to be eaten. That, that was it. So, so that her and her son, at least they could die with full bellies. They were down to their last handful of meal. They're down to their last bit of oil. And all she wanted to do was feed her son and feed herself one last time and then die in peace. And she has no idea that God has brought her name up in a conversation with a prophet. She has no clue that God has signed her up to sustain the man of God. She's been written into a story that is bigger than her story. She's been drafted into a plan that's higher than her plan. All this ought to give us a little bit of hope today. Because while we're desperately trying to make sense out of our own circumstances, while we're gathering sticks for the final fire of our life and just trying to survive a little bit longer, God might be having conversations about you with the very people that he's going to send to bless you. Mm. 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 And I've learned that God will indeed have conversations about us with other people and won't tell us anything about it. Why would God do that, Brother Sizemore? Because there's a part of God that loves to watch our faith take shape. See, we're, we serve a God who delights in seeing us walk in faith during difficult seasons. We know that Hebrews says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so he wants to see if we're going to please him or if we're not going to please him. He wants to know if we're going to please him or not. And he'll establish resources that we didn't realize were available just to provide for those that trust in him. Mm. Now, Elijah had heard from God. He's the man of God. He knew that this woman was going to take care of him. But she didn't know that. And he asks her, when he finds her, he asks her for a drink of water. Now that's a pretty simple request. She didn't object to this request at all. In fact, the Bible, she just said that, that she went ahead and did it. She didn't, it seems simple enough. And yet on her way to get the water, Elijah hollers out, Hey, while you're up, while you're at it, can you bake me a cake? Bake you a cake? Oh, we've all done it, haven't we? Honey, we, while you're up, we, we, she went to the kitchen to get a bag. Of, honey, while you're up, can you bring me a Dr. Pepper? We, we, can you, while you're up, honey, I, I know you got up to grab your phone, but while you're up, can you make me a sandwich? <laughs> I do speak from some experience today. I know, you just, I know you just got up to go into the other room, but honey, can you give me a bowl of ice cream? Can we, can we negotiate this? It's going to be good. Elijah says, hey, while you're up, could you also bring me some food? And I, I'm sure the reaction Elijah got was similar to the one I got when I did that. All right. Yeah, I'll make you a sandwich. How do you, how do you like your knuckles? Yeah, right? She was fine with the drink of water, 
Yeah. But the request for food, that, that, that's over the line. That, that's a little too much. Uh, she, 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 she's the one. I mean, don't you know that I'm the one in need here, man of God? I mean, after all, she's the one with the need. She is the one who's at the end of her rope. She's the one that needs a miracle from God. She's literally scraping the bottom of her barrel. She's hit rock bottom. And yet God has nominated her to be the miracle for somebody else. What do you do... What do you do when you're barely scraping by and God nominates you to bless somebody else? How's that even work, Pastor Sizemore? How's that even going to be possible? God, I I can't scrape enough together for us. How how am I possibly going to bless somebody else? I can't even get enough together for me. How am I going to give to ready now? I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't even know. I'm just trying to get my stuff together. I'm just standing in need here, God. How can I meet somebody else's need when I'm the one in need? And what she didn't realize was that she was part of a bigger story that she hadn't been read in on yet. Oh, she proceeds to explain the situation to Elijah. And upon hearing her situation, he's, oh boy, oh boy. All right, well, man, I, I hate that. I am so sorry. I, I, well, there goes Meatloaf Monday. I mean, there, adios Taco Tuesday. It's gone. We're, we're not doing that no more, right? And he, he, he's, he's sorrowful about it. Now, now, we think that we know how Elijah, the man of God, ought to respond to this. We think he ought to say, ma'am, I am so sorry. I, 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 don't, I didn't know. I, I would never take from a widow. I would never take the bread out of the mouth of a child. I, I, I had no idea. Please just forget that I even asked any of this. I feel terrible about this. And I'd like to stand here today and tell you that that's what happened. But I'd be telling you wrong. Because when Elijah heard about her situation, he said, well, okay. Well, just go ahead and make me a cake first. And then with whatever you have left over, you can make something for you and your son, and y'all can just go ahead and die. What? Who does this guy think he is? I mean, the audacity of this man. What an incredibly selfish request, right? Who does he, what's he doing? I, I, I don't understand any of this. And as she's about to give this prophet a piece of her mind, you don't poke mama bear with a stick. No. As she's about to give him a piece of her mind, as she's about to unload all of her frustration and disappointment on him and give him the what for, he beats her to the punch and he says, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Oh, don't you love it when God interrupts my word with his word? Don't you love it when God interrupts my word with it? Don't you love it when God interrupts my thought with his thought? Oh, yeah, he interrupts. And before she can say something stupid, he interrupts her with a word from the Lord. And Elijah says, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, if you do this, your barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. 
And suddenly, this unsuspecting widow has been ushered on to the battlefield of faith. Suddenly, this woman has been ushered onto the battle, the, the same battlefield that we all face. You get that moment where, where you get to prove whether you really believe what the Lord says or is it just words? Yeah. Do you really trust God or is it just something you tell other people you do? Right? It's that moment where, where she now has to decide, do I have enough faith to give away what I have in short supply based on the promise that God will take care of me? Now you got to understand, she thought she was penniless with no options. She thought she was poor. She thought that she only had one more day. One more meal, and then it's all over. The Bible told us she knew how much she, meal and oil she had. I mean, she had measured it out. She had ran the calculations, and based on her math, she had barely enough for one more little meal. She knew her inventory. She had realized that she was down to her final trip to the barrel. This woman was literally scraping the bottom of the barrel. What she didn't know is that God tends to do his best work at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. God tends to do his best work at the bottom of the barrel. God is at his best when I am at my worst. God is at his best when I'm out of options. He does his best work when I'm at the end of my rope. Come on, do you know that to be true? Now listen, there, there had been, there had been seven years of famine in Egypt that, in, that, 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 that was induced by an economic crisis. Genesis tells us that there came a time when the money ran out. How many's ever, how many knows what that feels like, man? Uh, you don't have to point at anybody. I'm just saying. It's all right. We've all been there. The lenders were lending no more. The banks had closed up. And when the money runs out, guess what you can't buy? You can't buy food. Yeah. Egypt was at the bottom of their proverbial barrel. And yet, because a man by the name of Joseph had had enough faith in God to obey him during the years of plenty. There was a storehouse of grain available and faith was activated and God provided to sustain his very people. All because there was faith when the money ran out. You read in the New Testament where Jesus went to a wedding in Galilee. As the reception is going on, the, the host family runs out of wine. They, they had no more wine to serve the guests. And I got to tell you, that's a major problem in Jewish custom. That's a big deal. Big deal. They had hit the bottom of the wine barrel. Yeah, bottom of the barrel. Thankfully, somebody had good mind to send a wedding invitation to Jesus. Let me just tell you, good things can only happen when you invite Jesus to where you are. Some of 
of you, God ain't showing up because you didn't invite him. God hadn't showed up yet because you didn't send him an invitation. Ah, you better get him on the guest list. You better get him on the guest list. But because somebody had good mind to send an invitation to Jesus and had enough faith to do that, right? Because they did, Mary activates her faith and leverages that toward Jesus. And Jesus said, yeah, go ahead and bring me those empty wine vessels and fill them up with water there and, and bring them to me. And he turns water into wine and it's the best they've ever had. Yeah. All because somebody had faith when the wine ran out. Yeah. When Peter and Andrew were fishing on the sea and they need a big catch. We got debts to pay. It's all going to come down to this. They've been out all day. The nets keep coming up empty. They thought they were done. They thought they were just going to hold it in. We've got to shut down the business. We've got to close up shop. We've got to somehow figure out a way to pay our debts. And yet Jesus is standing on the shoreline. And Jesus says, I want you to go back to those empty nets, boys. And I want you to cast them on the other side. And because Peter and Andrew had enough faith to do what Jesus said to do, they brought up a catch so large that their nets couldn't even hold them. What does it all mean, Brother Sizemore? It means that sometimes you have to have enough faith to go back to the empty vessel one more time. Oh, Sometimes you got to have enough faith and be willing and be obedient to go back to the empty barrel, go back to the empty vessel, go back to the empty nets. Why? Because God does his best work at the bottom of the barrel. In my weakness, that's when my God is made strong. My friend, I've come to tell you, don't worry about that you're last down to your last dollar. Have faith in God. You serve a God who owns the earth and the fullness thereof. Don't worry about being down to your last few days. Don't worry about it. Have faith in God. He's been talking about you. He's been talking about me. Don't worry about your weakness and your imperfection because Paul said his strength is made perfect in my weakness. What does that mean, pastor? It means that if I never get weak, uh, then God never gets to show me his strength. If I never get weak, I never get to see him be strong. Yeah. Oh, if I'm never in need, I never get to have my need met. Huh. Woo. I serve a God who's an ever-present help. When I get low, I serve a God who will uphold me by his righteous hand. God is at his best when I get to the bottom of my barrel. Thank God this widow woman had faith. She didn't have a whole lot else, but she had faith. Yeah, she had faith. And, we, and, and as we know, little is much when God is in it. Yeah. Little, little, little is much when you factor God into the equation. Yeah. And so she took what little she had and she went ahead and made a cake for the prophet. And, and then she, she 
She made the cake for the prophet, but she decided to go back to the barrel one last time. She had run the numbers. She was certain. She was certain that her calculations were correct, and if that's so, then that meant that this trip to the barrel is going to be the last trip, and there's going to be nothing left. I made the cake for the prophet, but there's nothing left. We, 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 we used up all that I had for the kingdom of God. I, 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 just, I know what I calculated before, and I, if, if I'm right and I believe that I am, then, then I'm, I'm going back to the barrel, what seems like to be in vain, because there isn't anything there. And because she had the faith to bless somebody else during her own time of need, she had thereby given God permission to put his hand in her barrel. And when God puts his hand in your barrel, the only possible result, ladies and gentlemen, is a miracle. I said when God puts his hand in your barrel, the only possible result is a miracle. Woo! Oh, I got to wonder today, do you have enough faith to let God put his hand in your barrel? Are we willing to let God touch what we think belongs to us? Let me tell you today a little secret. That's why we pay tithes. Don't walk out on me now. Listen, that's why we pay tithes. Did you know that when you tithe to the Lord, you're activating faith? Did you know that when you tithe unto the Lord, you are symbolically giving God permission to put his hand upon your life? And I got to tell you, if you can muster up enough faith to trust him with 10%, then he'll put his hands on the other 90%. And that's a pretty good deal. I said God can do more with 10% than I can do with 100. Yeah. That's the kind of God I serve. And so she went back to the barrel. Oh, I want you to listen. Nothing in the scripture tells us, Pastor Urshan, that the barrel was ever at the top. Nothing in scripture tells us that the meal was ever at the top of the barrel. Doesn't. No. It just says that it never completely ran out. Yeah. The barrel wasn't completely full, but it was never completely empty either. Yeah. God just just kept enough in the barrel to keep her coming back. To keep her coming back. The Bible never said she had more meal and more oil than she knew what to do with. The Bible never says that the barrel overflowed because where's the faith in that? It doesn't take any faith when your barrel's always full. It doesn't take any faith when it's all laid out in front of you like that. It's easy to trust God when things are pressed down and shaken together and running over, but 
But it's an altogether different thing to trust him when I'm at the bottom of the barrel. Consider this. Whether your cup is running over or whether there's just enough that it doesn't run out, both are a blessing from the Lord. Yeah. Whether, whether your bank account is full or whether there's just enough there that it is, isn't empty, both are a blessing from God. Barrel wasn't full all the time. And what that meant was that she was going to have to have enough faith every day to reach over. She's short, little old lady. Reach over and just scrape out something out of the bottom of that barrel. Did you know that God wants you to come to him every day? You got to have enough faith every day to go back to the barrel one more time. To lean over into it and say it may not make a lot of sense to me, but I'm going to scrape out something because God said. That's why Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. Some of y'all are looking for that sustenance that will keep you for years and generations. God said, no, it's a daily thing. You, you got to go back to the barrel every day. Every day. It's our, it's our daily bread because he delights in, in being our daily supply. And while everybody else is trying to calculate what they had, and while everybody else is trying to run the numbers and figure out what they have and what they don't have, and while everybody else is trying to account for empty store shelves, and while everybody else is, 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 is worried about uh, inflation, while everybody else is working, uh, worried about price increases and, and short supply, God is simply looking for somebody with enough faith who's willing to make another trip to the barrel, lean over into it, and scrape out just enough to supply the need. Oh, you ought to know today that God still makes something out of nothing. You need to know that he's still a creator. Oh, somebody here today needs to make another trip to the barrel. Oh, somebody needs to make another trip to the barrel. Somebody needs to make another, somebody needs to lean over one more time to what you thought was empty. And watch what God will do. Somebody, somebody needs to lean over one more time to that ministry that you gave up on. Somebody needs to lean over one more time into that relationship that you thought was dead. Somebody needs to lean over one more time into that calling that God has on your life. Somebody needs to lean over one more time and say, God, I didn't think we had it before, but now I know that you're in it. Some of you need to make another trip to the altar. Somebody needs to make another trip to that prayer closet. Go back one more time. Go back one more. Make another trip to the Word of God where the life-sustaining Word can give you what you need.
It's worth it. Because he's waiting there for you with a miracle at the bottom of the barrel. Musicians, come. Let's stand today. We serve a God who does his best work at the bottom of the barrel. Do you trust God today? Do you trust the Lord? See, we walk by faith, not by sight. It's not our calculations that matter. It's him. It's him. Our ability to survive and thrive depends on our willingness to trust God. Whether, whether we make it another day or we die greatly depends upon our willingness and ability to trust God. If you're Elijah, you got to trust God when he says he's going to sustain you in an unlikely way. Because I'm here as a testimony that he'll do it. Yeah. Oh, no, Brother Sizemore, you don't understand. That, that, that person could never minister to me. That, that person could never teach me anything. They, they could never tell me. I, I, I know God. He would never do it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Be careful when you think you know what God will and won't do. No. Because about the, about the time you think God is going to zig, he'll zag. No. Maybe you're the widow and you you got to trust God enough to take him at his word. I know the barrel's empty right now, but why don't you be willing to lean over into it one more time? Because there's a miracle waiting for you. I wonder if we could lift our hands right now all across this place. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. You're a miracle worker. God, you saw the end from the beginning. God, you know my path. You know the way that I take. God, and I will come forth as gold. Every head bow and eye closed today. Nobody looking around. There are some people in this place this morning, and you came to church today, and you're at the bottom of your barrel. You came here today, and there's nothing left. You're going to walk out of here today and you don't know where to go or where to turn. I've come to tell you today, you can come in contact with a miracle working God. And when you go back to that situation today, there's going to be something at the bottom of the barrel that wasn't there before. Some of you are here today and you need God to put his hand on your barrel. You need God to put his hand on your life. Maybe you're here today and you didn't even know God was talking about you to somebody else. But God's talking about you. He's thinking about you. He's got a blessing for you. He's got a plan for you. If you're willing to make one more trip to the barrel today. 
Come on, I wonder who'd come back to the barrel one more time. Come on, I wonder who'll make one more trip today. Come on, one more trip to an altar. One more trip to the cross. One more trip back to where it all began. Because God's got a miracle at the bottom of your barrel. Come on, let's sing today. Come on, come. God's got a miracle that is awaiting you at the bottom of the barrel today. Come on, lean over into it one more time. Lean over into it one more time. God, what have you got for me? What have you got for me, Lord? Come on, lift your hands, everybody. Come on, God's got a, God's got a miracle for you. Come on, God's got a miracle for you. Keeper. In the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 